Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom everyone. God bless you. This is uh, Brother Gideon Levitam with the Holy Scriptures in Israel. And I am very thankful to the Lord uh, for the possibility that we have to look into the Scripture and just kind of look at a passage that has been taught so many times by so many. But just to... Uh, presented from a Hebrew messianic perspective, I would like to share this with you. Uh, this uh, a time, this is the passage, it is found in the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23 is one of these passages uh, that are very important passages. Why? Because in Leviticus chapter 23, we have one of the most important a, a requirements that God gave Israel, his people, when our forefathers came out of the land of Egypt, of Mitzrayim, on the way to the promised land of Canaan, Canaan, and on the way there when Moshe, Moses, received the law, the Torah, there God have given Moshe and our people of old Israel additional instructions that had to do with how to approach him and how uh, to come before him as a nation, as a people. In this 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus, God also instructed Israel with respect to various feasts in the Hebrew language uh, we call it Mu'adim or Mu'adei Adonai. And those feasts or these feasts were given to Israel in order to teach Israel God's plan for redemption, not only for Israel, but for the whole world. Israel, as a nation, was chosen by God by divine design. He has selected a nation, and through this nation of Israel, God have intended to bring the Mashiach, that is the Messiah, the Redeemer, and that uh, through the nation of Israel, the, when the Redeemer will come, he will provide a way whereby God could restore the world, the human race to himself. After all, I'm sure you are aware of the fact that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, Jewish, Gentiles, men, women, boys, girls, rich and poor, we all had fallen under the curse of sin. Sin came into this world. How? You remember the story that is found in Genesis chapter 3 where men sinned. And Adam and Eve there fail and plunge the whole human race into sin. 
In Genesis chapter 3, you have that very interesting story, event that occurred years ago, where God have planted a garden and placed the man whom he had formed out of the dust of the ground. He performed a miracle, a surgery, and out of his side, he had built a woman, Isha in Hebrew. And he blessed them, placed them in this garden of Eden and let them enjoy a relationship with him. But sin came. And when God told them that they are not to eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam disobeyed God. And by taking off that fruit and eating thereof, he plunged the whole human race into sin. Oh, yes. Satan beguiled beguiled Eve. Eve was influenced by Satan, but Eve, who was beguiled, gave it to her husband, who was the federal head of the human race. And he was responsible. In the Brit HaDashah, the New Testament, we read a verse that says, By one man, not by one woman, but by one man, sin entered into the world, for all have sinned. And therefore, my dear friend, you and I have fallen into sin and we need a Redeemer. So God in His love and in His grace towards us all, He sought to redeem us, to bring us to Himself. But how He would do that? Well, He he will provide a way of redemption. And already there and then He gave instruction to Adam how to approach Him. And we can deal with it in in times uh, ahead, but this particular sessions that I would like to share with you, my friend, is taking us far further. God has chosen Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Yitzchak, Jacob, Yaakov. He changed his name from Yaakov to Israel. And then he allowed the descendants of Yaakov, our forefathers, to be slaves in Egypt. The Hebrews were slaves for many years. Since the time of Abraham going into the promised land, until the time that our forefathers, the Hebrews, came out of the land of Egypt, there was about 430 years passed by. And then finally God brought the Hebrews out of bondage, into liberty. And this is a story, an event that we never, never forget. But when he brought our forefathers, the Hebrews, into the wilderness, there by the mountain that called Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, God gave the Torah, the law, to our forefathers, the Hebrews, through Moshe, Moses. And Moses instructed Israel, and that's why we have the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Bereshit, Shmot, Vaikra, Bamidbar, Dvarim. This is the Torah, Torah Moshe, the law that God had given to Israel. And on the basis of this law, God had instructed Israel to show them the way of salvation. 
the Torah was never given to save Israel. The Torah was given as a mirror to show our forefathers, the Jews, the Hebrews, the Israelis, that all of us have fallen. And the best of men can never save himself. And through the sacrificial system that God had given to Israel, he taught Israel many, many lessons. That if you're going to draw nigh to a living, holy, righteous God, you must come to him on the basis of the blood of an innocent animal that pointed to the Redeemer, to the Mashiach, to the Messiah who would come in the fullness of the time in order to become the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of this world. But that's also another thing that we can discuss later on. But at this time, I would like just to read two verses from Leviticus chapter 23 that introduce before us the feasts of Jehovah. We read in verse 1 and 2 of Leviticus chapter 23, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now this is very interesting because the feasts that God have given Israel, and we're going to talk about them, there were seven feasts. I'll read you the names of these feasts. The first one was Pesach, Passover. The second one was unleavened bread, Chag HaMatzot. The third one was the first fruits. In Hebrew, we call it Bikurim. The fourth one was Shavuot. In Hebrew, in English, is the Feast of Weeks. The fifth one was Tu'ah, the blowing of the trumpet. In English, it is called the Feast of Trumpets. The sixth one was Kippur, or Kippurim, the Day of Atonement. And the final one, the seventh one, is called Sukkot in Hebrew. In English, we call it the Feast of Tabernacles. Seven feasts. But you notice as I read, This verse in Leviticus chapter 23 and verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moshe, Moses, saying, Moses, you speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning my feasts. Not their feasts. Not the world feasts. Not your feasts. Not my feasts. But these are the feasts that belong to the Lord. In fact, he called them at the end of verse 2. He says, after he says, which ye shall proclaim to be a holy convocation, even these, and he continued to say, these are mine feasts. Mo'adai. They are mine, God says. Why? Because through these feasts, God intend to instruct 
his people Israel concerning the program and the plan that he has for all humanity. In fact, as we're going to look over each one of these seven feasts, which were given to our forefathers to keep and to maintain and to approach God in a cycle. Every year, seven moadim, seven feasts, and they are to be kept in their seasons. In fact, there was an additional feast that was given. We'll talk about it as well later on. It was the Shabbat day, the weekly feast, in which Israel, the nation, was also to maintain throughout their generation. But this is not every year, every week, every, on the seventh day, the Shabbat day. But I want to uh, uh, mention to you, my dear friends, that as we consider these feasts, every one of them speak, and every one of them link with a person, of course with God, because it's his feasts, but God gave a way whereby humanity can be redeemed and delivered from judgment. Because, after all, the Word of God says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God gave us a way whereby men can receive forgiveness. So through these seven feasts we have, you might say, a program, a plan. Praise God for this plan. And as we're going to study these, we're going to learn how God made a way whereby he will bring about a blessed era, the kingdom, the Messianic kingdom, when a Mashiach, the Messiah, the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of this world will reign as King of Kings. And we are not going to live the way things are going on today in the world. Sin and sorrow and death and suffering and pain and wars and conflicts. But there is a time coming when a Messiah will reign and a kingdom will be established where God will be all in all. But how is it possible when sin hasn't been dealt with? That's what we're going to learn in Leviticus chapter 23. But before we're going to close this session, there are two verses that I would like to read to you. One of them is found in Romans chapter 15, in the Brit HaChadasha, in the New Covenant. And the second one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. These letters were written by Shaul, Paul, this Hebrew rabbi, who recognized that he is the chief of sinners. He accepted that Yeshua, that Jesus, was the Messiah. He turned his heart to him and God used him, this resurrected Messiah, glorified Messiah, used this man by the name of Shaul, who is also called Paul, to become the apostle to the uncircumcision, to the goyim, to the nations of the world to share with them the things concerning the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. So Paul wrote to the Romans believers 
in Asia Minor, he said to them, whatsoever things, and I'm reading Romans 15 verse 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and the comfort of the scripture might have hope. See, Shaul Paul wrote to the Roman believers from among the Gentile world, the nations of the world, who became believers in the Messiah. He says, whatever happened to Israel historically, whatsoever, whatsoever was written, a four time was written for our learning. What does he mean a four time? Well, he takes us back to the days of old, to the Tanakh, Torah, Nevi'im, Ktuvim, the law, the prophets, the writing that God had given to the people of Israel. But what he says there, whatever happened, whatever was written the fourth time, was actually giving in order for us to learn from that, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, we might have hope. And it's wonderful to have this hope that is found in the word of God. Look at another verse, very interesting. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm reading verse 11. Paul, Shaul again writing, this time to another group of believers. And to them he says, Now all these things happen unto them. To them here, of course, is Israel, the Jewish people. Whatever happened to Israel, it happened, notice, for an example And they are written, that is what we have in the Hebrew scriptures, in the Tanakh, in the law, the prophets, and the writing. They are written, why? For admonitions upon whom the end of the world are come. And so here we go. The word of God, the Tanakh, and the Brit HaChadashad, What we would know, the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant was written for our benefit. Today, we were not there when Moses received the law from God. We were not there when Shaul Paul received the information concerning the the age in which we live in today. We were not there, but we have it recorded for us by divine design, by the Holy Spirit of God, Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they written this record for us. So we will apply it to ourselves, learn from it, accept it, and be restored to a relationship with God. After all, again, we all have failed, all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. And God provided a way to restore us. We're going to speak about it through the Messiah, the Savior. His name is Yeshua. In Hebrew, in Greek, his name is Jesus. In English, Jesus. And he is the one of whom we're going to study as we look at the feasts of the Lord. And so let me just conclude. Leviticus 23, verses 1 and 2, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocation, even these, he says to Moshe, 
are my feasts. And from there on, the whole 23rd chapter of Vayikra in Hebrew, Leviticus, gives us the program of God for redemption of mankind and for the establishing of shalom, of peace, in a world that needs shalom so much. Well, speaking of shalom, I have to say at this point of time to you all, shalom, shalom, God bless you.